Hey, everybody. Before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You can also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. everybody to another episode of piecing it together the podcast where we take a look at a new movie try to figure out what other movies may have inspired it today on the show we got a really fun one for you uh but before we get into that i just want to remind you all please make sure you are subscribed to piecing it together you can subscribe on pretty much any podcast app out there you can also review us on itunes and you can follow us on social media at piecing pod you can also go to our website piecingpod.com and get signed up for the mailing list I keep talking about this, but we're going to be doing some giveaways real soon. And let me just say that you're going to have to be signed up for that email list if you want to get some of these cool prizes. I got movies we're going to be giving away. I got some crazy old school movie memorabilia I'm going to be giving away that uh, just happened to come into Wax Tracks Records, my family's record store. Um, I don't even know how I got the stuff, but some really cool shit and you guys are going to want some of it. Um so, yeah, make sure you're signed up to the mailing list over on piecingpod.com. Uh, what else we got going on? Well, in a couple days from when uh, this episode is going up, I am going to be heading to Philadelphia for the Podcast Movement Convention. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. I, I, I'm looking forward to meeting other podcasters, doing a lot of networking. I'm also going to be doing a bunch of interviews while I'm there. Uh, I'm going with Q, my buddy from Bird Road, who also owns the All Points West Network. And we're going to be doing a live show of Bird Road. We're also hosting a meetup. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. And plus, I love hanging out with him. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to have a lot of fun out there. Hopefully um, get some new stuff planned for this show, too, while I'm there. Uh, I'm looking forward to hopefully meeting some other movie podcasters there. Because I, I want to be on some more shows. I want to have some new uh, guest co-hosts on this show. So I guess that brings us to today's movie. We're going to be talking about Skyscraper, the new action extravaganza starring The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Um, it's a pretty ridiculous movie. It's about a guy who um, is trying to get a job as a security advisor for this giant mega tower skyscraper in Hong Kong. And uh, basically, needless to say, there's a setup and all of a sudden his family is stuck in the tower and some terrorists have set it on fire and he needs to get back into the tower and get up there to save them. And it's completely ridiculous. Um, everyone who has talked about this movie has pointed out the parallels to Die Hard. So we're obviously going to start off by talking about Die Hard, but we also get into a lot of other puzzle pieces and... It's a fun movie to talk about, so I hope you enjoy this conversation I have with co-host Chris Cranock.
so we got Chris Cranock back with us again for another episode. How you doing there, Chris? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So uh, today we're talking about Skyscraper, The Rock. Yeah. Yeah. I, smell what, I smell what he's cooking. <laughs> yeah, it's the people's movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just telling you beforehand, I saw this with my dad, which uh, certainly increased the experience for me. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, we, I actually, um, as soon as we left the theater, he told me that I had to Photoshop his head onto the poster, and I posted on Facebook. We got a lot of likes. Yeah, <laughs> I think I saw it, actually. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, that, that was my job for the day. I, it's funny, <laughs> you know, that even the poster is the rock climbing back into a window or something, which yeah. is the, happens 45 to <laughs> 75 times in the movie. Yeah. And I think the, ty- the movie should be renamed from Skyscraper to The Benefits of Upper Body Strength. Because <laughs> I really think that's, that, that's like the real... Yeah, that's the real title. It looks so effortless. Oh my god! Yeah. He's just like, like swinging and climbing and like. Yeah, he's really successful. Yeah, like in a lot of impossible scenarios, he does like first try. Yeah, does amazing, like ridiculous. Yeah, people talk about how CGI uh, can sometimes make movies feel like there's no stakes or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit, this is the movie. Yeah, I feel you like know? The Rock makes it feel like there's no stakes. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> He's 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 the perfect human being. So yeah, well, President Rock pretty soon. But, oh, um, I hope so. Yeah. So just uh, kidding. Sound of gunshot. <laughs> Sound of gunshot. <laughs> so uh, this movie, um, I I think it's pretty much a movie that wears its inspirations on its sleeve. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the director has talked about it many times about the 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 fact that this movie is. And we'll jump right into it right now. This movie is Die Hard in a Skyscraper with yeah, The Rock. Um, basically. Yeah. But also, too, at the same time, as easy as it is to like find that source, uh-huh. action movies are really hard to talk about their influences. Yeah. Because they're just a series of tropes mm-hmm. that every other action movie has just done. So, like, where does it really begin? You know Absolutely. What I mean? So, yeah, so it's an easy movie to talk about yeah. influence-wise, and it's also kind of a challenge. Yeah. Yeah, because also that's, that's another thing is, like, as we get into talking about this, I mean, it's going to be, oh, that's influenced by Die Hard. That's influenced by Die Hard. That influenced Die Hard. It's right. like Die Hard in many ways is like the ultimate. Yeah, you know? it's like and, this snake swallowing its own tail. Exactly. Like Uroboros thing. I don't know really where it begins or where it ends. <laughs> Absolutely. Is it Die Hard or is it not? Right. Or is it Die Hard just a better version of the same crap? I, mean, I don't think Die Hard's particularly that original. Right. But it's just good. Right. Yeah, that's the thing is we talk about it, I think, in the last couple episodes. Like, I don't care if it's that like groundbreaking you're not going to reinvent the wheel every time but if yeah. it works yeah it works and i feel like the Die Hard's an example of like yeah. it just works yeah. <laughs> yeah it does yeah it does yeah. um but yeah i mean getting into puzzle pieces obviously Die Hard is going to be the first one we talk about and i thought since the i mean anyone if anyone was on this show would be talking about Die Hard. so i thought rather than just say Die Hard and talk about Die Hard, uh we should talk before we get into other puzzle pieces a little bit about what this movie gets right and what it gets wrong mm-hmm. of the Die Hard formula. You okay. Know? Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I think, uh, you know, right off the bat, I mean, the first thing, you know, to varying degrees of success is just a kind of nonstop action movie that's totally over the top. Um, I think that's what it gets right about it. Yeah, no, thing. I agree. I feel like, you know, the action, you know, and obviously you with the skyscraper aspect, it, it, preys on the fear of heights and things and i found right. myself 
you know, sweaty palmed at certain aspects. Not particularly I was because I was particularly engaged in the movie because it looks high yeah. and tall and hot and hot yeah <laughs> especially because the rock was on screen so it was real oh, hot oh, absolutely you know and uh no but so yeah no it does i mean it works uh purely from an action level it was fun you know that kind of overused expression roller coaster ride of crazy things right you know it was kind of like the more ridiculous revenant uh, which is just a series of crazy things that happen. <laughs> I feel like so this was that as well. That's that wasn't one of my puzzle pieces, yeah. bro, but I'm going to wedge it in there. Yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> I I'm just, yeah, like, oh, here's what's the next thing that's going to happen? Yeah. This is how you kind of watch these movies. <laughs> and then The Rock ends up sleeping in a deer. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, the, the Rock is the one that The Rock would have slept with the bear instead yeah. of the other way around. Absolutely. The <laughs> yeah. That's right. Yeah. Um, one of the things I think, I think this is the number one thing that this movie gets wrong is uh, the bad guys. Yeah. Um, and that's a good point. Th this is a, a major opportunity for there to be some really fun bad guys, some just totally scenery chewing bad guys, you mm -hmm. know, someone to stand up to that Hans Gruber legacy, you know, and I just don't think the bad guys in this really do it. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, what's funny is uh, it actually is a little bit more. Uh, telling about a general problem in movies today, which is like, it's really hard to have a good bad guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because, I mean, Marvel has that problem. Marvel, Marvel has like sure. endless issues with its with its uh, bad guys. Uh, not to get too off subject, but I saw Ant-Man and Wasp, and I was so ref it was so refreshing to see a bad guy who like just wanted money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Was like, he wasn't like, I want to destroy the universe for the good of the universe. He's like, I need some money. And yeah. then there's also like, yeah. and that was like nice. <laughs> yeah, you know, There absolutely. was like an idiot gangster, and then the girl with the thingy, which she wants to be better or whatever that's okay that's good too but mainly it was just like some idiot texan gangster and yeah. he just wanted money that's it that was really nice so no it's uh but no it's yeah totally missed opportunity these were kind of like the you know out of the package bad guys they all of course they had an accent yeah you know eastern <laughs> european or something and uh you know but you know it makes it makes you think about why hans gruber is such a great character and i think it's the performance of alan rickman yes. i think it's the depth of the performance yeah because i mean he didn't have that overly sophisticated of motives that wasn't you know, nothing that was like again too original but it, sure. it, he just brought such an, an atmosphere to the character and the performance and made him unique so it, it almost you know makes us want to question what makes a good villain how do you get really good villain in today's movies right yeah because it, it's it's definitely a balancing act of like totally over the top but still with some kind of a uh an actual motivation and something worth following along right for, yeah because we, we're also living in the the era of post heath leather heath leather well heath leather that's my new favorite he's 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 basically leather now by yeah. now but he's heath ledger's joker yeah. Yeah. we're living in that post world so we're like if you're not you know if the stakes aren't so high that you're like a thanos type character yeah. then you're also like you just want to watch the world burn like you're just a crazy yeah. character with no real motive except for like some kind of loose philosophical thing and which has gotten of course less and less potent over the you know it's not done as well it sure. nearly has as much as you know support as the joker character had story-wise so you just kind of have like these random crazies yeah and uh so yeah i mean it's really hard i feel like this they you know in, in skyscraper they kind of gave you a reason you know with like a usb drive or whatever but yeah it's man, yeah it was a you know i didn't i wasn't i was really not paying attention by that point i was like i really don't care why they're trying to burn this place down <laughs> <laughs> is, is the rock shirtless yet yeah right. 
<laughs> Where are we in the shirt yeah, we're, at this yeah. point? <laughs> Is he swinging off something? I don't, I don't care what this guy wants. You know who I thought would have made a better villain in this? Mm. Um, and I don't think you saw this. I remember we talked about it, but uh, the Hurricane Heist. Uh, Ralph Innocent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he was no. in The Witch. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, that guy would have been great. He kind of is similar to the guy that they got mm-hmm. for for the villain. He kind of gives off a lot of that same energy, but I think he would have kind of brought it up a notch. Yeah, I agree. Know? I can see that. He's so ridiculous in the Hurricane Heist. I love him. <laughs> Shout out to Ralph Innocent. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, uh, you know, this is the kind of movie that we were talking about it before we started recording, but, like, we wanted it to be sillier than it was. Yes. The movie ends up being a little too serious, I think, for its own good. Yeah. It basically tried to make a family drama out of, like, an absurd, over-the-top action movie. Yeah. Um, but, like, you could have gone the route of, like, you know, because they have, obviously, the central aspect of the movie is this gigantic tower, this amazing, you know, feat of architecture, which is really cool in its idea. Like, I like sure. the, the building and everything. But, like, you know, this the character really didn't, the vil- villain, I mean, didn't really have any, like, specific reason to not care about this building. It was only because yeah. the owner and this other, this, this flash drive that contained um, information about his crime syndicates and things. Right, but right. But there was no, like, real connection to the building, which I think you could have made a little bit more compelling of a villain who had some kind of, you know, view on globalization of how this new building's going to factor into the world economy or, you know, you know, have some, I don't know. And that's the thing, you don't have to make it that good. Just, like, right. chalk some crap up and... Yeah. <laughs> A, you know, tie it to some larger idea, maybe. And I, I, I don't know. It just, yeah. it, it all kind of felt like, you know, we're just trying to get more scenes of the rock jumping around. Sure. And so, well, you know, it's weird that this movie wasn't as funny as we thought it would be. You know, I don't know if you saw uh, the name of the guy who directed it. It actually wrote and directed it. Yeah. Uh, Ross and Marshall Thurber. <laughs> he did Dodgeball, Easy A, and We're the Millers. Yeah. He's an um, auteur. Yeah. He's an auteur, absolutely. <laughs> Writer and director. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a vision here. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, you would think that the guy who made Dodgeball Mm -hmm. (laughs) would, uh, would have taken this concept and really made it ridiculous. And I mean, there's a couple of all right jokes in there, but I mean, for the most part, it is just deadly serious the whole time. Yeah. You know what I think it is? It's, um... Yeah, you look at a movie like Dodgeball and you think, oh, well, this, there's a self-awareness about these filmmakers. You know, they're obviously making fun of, you know, they're poking fun at things and they're really in tune. Uh, but I think in this instance, my gut is that says that they wanted to, like, do a throwback to, like, an 80s, 90s action film. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, and those movies were really absurd for the most part. Like, they were, like, ridiculous. Sure. But there was a period of time where we took them pretty seriously. They weren't funny. You right. know, they were just, you know, they were, we just bought them. Yeah. It was kind of before the age of like hyper realism that we're in now you yeah know, we could get away with that is a things. tough thing to capture you know and yeah so yeah in today's world where we are more, a little more desensitized we want more realism yeah just by nature it's what we're what we've been consuming and then you try to like really do an honest like i'm gonna go make an 80s movie of today and you think i'm gonna make it serious like there's yeah, yeah there's real stakes here quote unquote it just all kind of falls apart and it's not really the movie's fault more than it is the audience. So like, yeah. is this the time for this type of movie? Do we really need like an honest look at an eighties action movie? And it's like, no, yeah, no, we that, don't. that's, that's an interesting point. It's, it's almost like this is a really good case of people never really knowing what it is that they want. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. You know, always complaining about something. And it's like, you know, not, not to give the movie too much credit, although I, I did, I did like it a little bit, but, uh, you know, yeah, sure. it's kind of, uh, 
yeah, a case of like, do you, we, if we wanted the comedy and it was too funny, we probably would have been complaining about that. Yeah, audience, the audiences suck. Yeah, I mean, I mean, myself, <laughs> myself included. Yeah. You know I mean, it's like we are very needy and we, we don't accept things as they are. <laughs> you know what I mean? We always want that's. I mean, that's the from the internet age. Yeah, you know, I was reading an interesting article about because it's the ten. It, today is the, actually the tenth uh, year anniversary of Dark Knight. Which, oh you know, yeah, that's so right. Ten years to the day it was uh, released. And uh, how it changed the landscape of like if you didn't call it perfect as a critic, then you got like death threats on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, like really insane stuff like that. So I read an interesting article about that. But yeah, that's really like the internet and, and you know us giving feedback to the filmmakers, and it's almost taken the test screening idea, which yeah. is so horrible and evil, and then giving it like to the masses, you know, <laughs> on, on on chat boards and stuff. So yeah, no, it's true. I mean, this movie may have been more successful if it came out in 1992. Sure. You know, and and I think that it is to the credit of the filmmakers that uh, it really, I think it honestly tried to be one of those movies yeah. as opposed to like making fun of those films or winking at that uh, at the audience. He was like, no, I really like those movies. But we're going to make one. So there is a good aspect yeah. to their approach. And that's exactly why I like the Hurricane Heist. I keep talking about <laughs> it, but it, it knows what it is and it, it just went for it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but I, actually, just to bring it back, it's totally unrelated, but um, that, that thing about the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. I, I never really thought about that before, but I think the Dark Knight is when people started obsessing over Rotten Tomatoes scores. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, because it was the first was time it. comic books were taken you know, seriously as an yeah. art form in, in, the, in cinema. Yeah. And then all these people were like, well, now that's it. It's perfect. Yeah. And, you know, it's a pretty damn good movie. It, it, yeah. It's one of my puzzle pieces. Spoiler. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> um, but we talked about the, that movie before and how, like, you know, it's essentially heat. Yeah. You know, we mentioned, I think, this video, this uh, conversation or the one before it, that it's, you know, it's basically heat <laughs> with, yeah. with Batman. And uh, that, to me, in hindsight, is now, you know, kind of like, oh, well, you know, this is wasn't quite as revolutionary as I thought that it was, but it is in a lot of ways too. So yeah. I still love the film, but it, it's far from perfect, yeah. but it's a pretty damn important masterpiece of the last 10 years. Yeah. I, I actually am one of those few people who didn't love it on release. I, I, oh, I wow. still, I still think Heath Ledger's performance it deserves every last accolade. Yeah. Guy. I think he's so fucking good in it. And it's Heath like Le- leather. Yeah. Heath yeah. leather. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and there's a lot I do love about the movie. I mm-hmm. just always kind of felt it was a little overrated. You know, wow, like people put a little too much uh, yeah. on it. But that's another conversation. Maybe we'll do a, uh, a one of those backwards episodes I've talked about <laughs> yeah, on yeah, The yeah. Dark Knight. That would be fun. Yeah, it would be nine and a half hours long. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I think with that, we could probably move on from, uh, from Die Hard. Uh, obviously, it's been done to death talking about Die Hard mm-hmm. in this movie. Although I, I do want to mention real quick before we move on, I actually had an argument on a Facebook group today, or no, yesterday, with someone who said it was ridiculous to say that this was anything like Die Hard. Wow. I was like, what? Yeah, like, the poster is the same. Yeah, He made the poster that way. That's yeah. that's all you need to send them the poster and then say nothing else. That's I what know, I would do. I don't know what to do with people. Yeah. I, oh, and before, actually, I'll say one last thing before we move on. Yeah, sure. Um, that I, I, you know, honestly, it's... Uh, it it's the charisma of Bruce Willis that I think makes the balance of Die Hard work so brilliant, yeah. brilliantly. His his ability to be funny, 
and heroic and kind of more even more humanized than the rock the rock is almost like this like this really impervious type character in this movie yeah i mean not impervious he's injured and things but he's just like you know he's jumping over a ridiculous amount of space and yeah. you know totally insane to where the bruce willis character and performance seemed almost kind of grounded like yeah it brought me back to the, the broken glass and on the feet and stuff and like I guess that's a bit unrealistic because it probably cut major arteries and you would die. <laughs> but there was something so like gritty and real about that at the same time. Yeah. You kind of forgot the fact that it was maybe improbable and you just, it added a sense of realism to it. And then the charisma and comedy and humor and timing of Bruce Willis, I think made it kind of the classic that it is. Yeah. And the one thing that Skyscraper I think really was lacking is like the charisma of The Rock, which is crazy to say. That because sounds he oxymoronic. Is so charismatic. <laughs> yeah, it's he's crazy. so charismatic. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I love of the rundown because yeah. of him and Christopher Walken. Yeah. But yeah, that's a, not a bad movie and it's because The Rock is great to watch. You know, he's like the few people that transitioned from wrestler for the WWE or oh, after to a real legitimate actor, yeah. you know. And then I watched uh today is show this movie and I just didn't I didn't feel like he was bringing it. I don't yeah. think he had any of that charisma. He was kind of just like a sad guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 very strange that they went that direction with it. Um but yeah, I mean uh Good to meet you, Will. Heck of, a, <laughs> heck of a family you got heck there. Heck of a family. That's, all, that's all I'm going to say. That sums up the whole movie. Well, um, you know what? I'm going to go with the uh, the next puzzle piece, actually. Yep. Um, because it kind of it kind of uh, ties in with what we're, we're just talking about with, uh, with the rock um, just, like, swinging around and jumping around mm -hmm. on, on the side of the building and everything. <laughs> and that is actually King Kong. Oh, wow. Uh, Boo, yeah. yes. Um, the rock is a fucking beast. That's what I have <laughs> written down here. And... Um, you know, at, at any point during this movie, I could have pictured the heli like helicopters just shooting him and it not mm -hmm. even bothering him. No. You know? And just going, roar, and, you know, knocking them away and stuff. Yep. I mean, he's a monster on the side of this building climbing up it. And, wow, uh, yeah. I didn't and, even see it. <laughs> yeah, it just totally reminded me of King Kong's, you know, climbing up. Yeah, the, the ascent. Yeah. <laughs> it's beauty that killed the rock. Yeah. <laughs> You know, which I hope The Rock hears this, he because yeah. he doesn't even want to be called The Rock anymore. Now he's just straight Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson. But guess yeah. what? He's always The Rock to us. Dwayne Kong Johnson. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I can really see it now visually. I think yeah. there's a huge visual parallel. Yeah. Uh, because he's so big. I yeah. mean, I think you know The Rock is really a huge man. Yeah, and it's a combination of his size. And also that what we talked about earlier about how it just seems so effortless, how he's moving up this building, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, I mean, there's some scenes where he's like, oh, he's almost going to fall or whatever, but it's like, for the most part, he's yeah. got this, you know, he's he, fine. Yeah. He, yeah. He's just going off instinct, just swinging and jumping. There's like and, a monkey bar scene. Yeah. yeah there there's is. literally a monkey bar there scene. Is. And he kills it. Yeah. I think I've done two successful monkey bars in my life. <laughs> and this guy with like thousands of feet between him and the ground was just monkey barring yeah. the shit out of that thing, <laughs> that building. And yeah, really, in, I mean, totally insane. Yeah. I mean, totally ridiculous. <laughs> well, it's funny, it kind of it brings me to my puzzle piece. Can, sure. I, can I go in? Absolutely. My puzzle piece? The movie, maybe I'm, I'm crazy, but I kept thinking of True Lies. Uh, yeah. In this, because for a couple reasons, because True Lies uh, sticks out to me as like one of the most absurd of the action movies, almost like hit the zenith of insanity. Like they were like fighting on the wing yeah. of like a like a fighter jet, 
I don't know if you remember that part. Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Yeah, they were literally fight like karate fighting on the wing of a fighter jet. <laughs> like it's so stupid yeah. and crazy. So there's like aspects of the insanity, aspects of the over the top elements of the action that I think are really reminiscent of of this and i think it is it's like one of those early 90s ones because people are saying that you know of course this is like die hard which was in the 80s but there's also like a lot of early 90s action in my mind when i think this movie it actually even though it has plot elements of um of a die hard it really feels like it's in the vessel of a 90s action movie sure to me for me anyway um and, and True Lies just kept coming into my mind. And then the other parallel with True Lies is that Arnold Schwarzenegger is supposed to be like a normal guy. He's like, <laughs> and like The Rock is supposed to be a semi-normal guy. Right. But they're just like, I don't, is it weird? This might, this is just me. I can't really look at bodybuilders around other normal people. Yeah. Like, I don't think that they have <laughs> wives and kids. Like, yeah. that they're just like walking around going grocery shopping. They're lifting things. They're <laughs> bulging. They're, yeah. they're, so when I saw her, saw her, uh, The Rock with Nev Campbell, yeah. uh, I was like, that looks weird. And then when I saw uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger with Jamie Lee Curtis, I was like, that looks weird. Yeah. And I felt the same exact feeling. So that's yeah. why I picked it as my puzzle piece. I, I think that's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock's too big. Yeah. <laughs> There's a part in it when he's putting his fake leg on because he has one leg. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, not intentionally, though, but just funny. He uses it to open doors. It's like a MacGyver thing. Yeah. Another puzzle piece, side puzzle piece, MacGyver. Yeah. But uh, he's a part, he's getting ready in the morning for that meeting. And he's just in the bathroom and he's like, is these the size of the bathroom? Yeah. And I'm like, this is, how is this not going to become an action movie with this man in it? He's not going to a job interview. He's going to go blow up a building and climb and stuff. It would have been funny if there was a scene where, like, like almost like a cartoon where someone, like, smashes through through a glass window and they have, like, a regular-sized silhouette through the glass and then he smashes through the glass window. It's a bigger-sized silhouette. I don't feel like we're breaking new ground. People know The Rock's big, yeah. but this is... Uh, in the context of him trying to be like a family man, yeah, I it know. just doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm like, go pick something up, Rock. You're too big. <laughs> All right, so True Lies. All right. True Lies is a good one. Um, my next puzzle piece, um, and yeah, talking about, like, this is more into the late 90s, um, or it might have been, two th no, I think it was late 90s, uh, The Rock. Uh, oh. Not The Rock the actor, <laughs> but The Rock the movie. Yes. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole breaking in, getting through, like, security systems, all that kind right. of stuff. and. There's a million movies I could have picked for this particular idea, sure. um, but that just seems like such a such a perfect one um, for the, the the kind of um, the kind of obstacles that he had to had to face aside from the you know swinging and stuff, like that, right, but sure. the rest of them. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of inter interesting because he's like an expert on the security system, right? Which I'm a little fuzzy on actually, because is he like bidding for the job? Yes. Or does he already have the job? No, I think he's trying to get the job. So they've already given him the entire access to the schematics and design of the building, but he's not hired yet. Right, because uh, the the other guy set him up to be fake hired, so that way they could... Right, yeah. get the tablet, get the iPad. Yeah. Yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just, I was like, what? Because there was never ever a moment where he was like, you got the job, Rock. It yeah. was just like, we, you know, here's your iPad. And I was like, oh, has he already been hired? So I, I don't know if that really, I don't know if I was following. 
calling it or yeah, that, maybe that, I blacked out. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a tough <laughs> thing to follow. I was counting the shirt buttons on Rock's shirt. I was like, <laughs> when are these things popping? Right. So, um, yeah, no, no. That that's the thing is that's another, bringing back to the idea that this is kind of a hard movie to make puzzle pieces exactly because there's a billion, there's literally a billion movies that are like like this. There's it's really a formula that transcends Die Hard for sure. Yeah. The only thing is there's like a skyscraper and that what's really what connects uh die hard really in yeah. my opinion um that's the biggest thing and the poster and the you know sure and the atmosphere and stuff but for the most part it's all full of tropes from things that are far beyond that you yeah know what i mean uh, uh the opening sequence of him as an fbi agent who's going in he gets he gets blown up he loses a leg and it's just kind of that melodrama yeah which by the way there was snow during that scene which i actually started laughing because i was like oh it's going to be set in christmas you know? <laughs> oh yeah right right exactly um, no it was just in minnesota yeah and it yeah, snows exactly. 365 days a year there so. right exactly <laughs> uh so yeah no the rat's interesting puzzle piece the rock which is kind of an interesting movie you know it's definitely a better movie of the time mm -hmm. the rock was a pretty big deal when it came out with sean sure. connery and the long hair and all that yeah so that was kind of a big deal when it happened <clears throat> pardon me absolutely um my, my can move on to the next Ab puzzle piece absolutely um my next puzzle piece uh, is an older film called The uh, Towering Inferno. Mm -hmm. And for me, this movie is uh, essentially the most uh, important or the, or the largest influence on the film besides Die Hard mm -hmm. uh, would be The Towering Inferno, which is literally about a, a luxury office building that's very tall that set, gets set on fire, uh, and then people inside of it try to get out of it. Yeah. So the premise, essentially, minus some of the more... Um, plotty elements of the you know mafia and flash drives and hong kong and all that right uh it's basically the towering inferno just oh you know just straight as a in a nutshell yeah they're very very similar no absolutely i i, I think that that is um that that's i mean that's a really influential movie too in right? general yeah yeah i mean that that's another one uh going back again to the the idea of this being a Somewhat difficult movie to talk about because a lot of these movies are going to be things that are are so influential on so many different movies sure. to try to narrow it down to just this movie, you know. But but absolutely, Terry Inferno is like a perfect one for this movie. Yeah, it fits like a glove, basically. Yeah, you know, and and in a good way. I mean, I was reading some reviews, like some user reviews, which you should never do. Yeah, so never ever read user reviews on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes or anything. <laughs> They're Faster. bad, bad people out there on the internet. Um, yeah. But, you know, a lot of people were talking about how it was a nice, you know, kind of re they revisited that film through this movie. Mm -hmm. um, and because this movie in general has kind of been received lukewarm. It's not it's not like a huge hit. Right. But people like it for the most part. I think so. I think it's going to play a lot better overseas. I yeah. Think it's one of those movies that's like tailor made for overseas. Yeah, you know? I think so. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is the whole big push we're doing in general. You yeah. know, trying to get overseas markets. But anyway, so, um, yeah, the towering for uh, people really have enjoyed it. And I think that it was a callback to an old, uh, kind of a, an older, uh, time, an older type of film, Towering Inferno, had a little bit more of an elegance about it, sure. uh, but it was still kind of edgier seat. Uh, and so, yeah, it was a, kind of a nice um, callback to that film. Absolutely. Um, well, sticking with, uh, with, with, with big towers, um, my next puzzle piece is Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Boom, that's the one of mine. Nice. So after, okay. Right on, yeah. Just Tom Cruise climbing up the side of a super tall building, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, yeah. I, you know, he does it and, you know, is probably on the side of the super tall movie. Yeah. So it's a little, a little, uh, a little more higher stakes, but, um, I love Tom Cruise 
trying to kill himself. It's yeah. really fun to watch. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's always like, I'm going to do the craziest thing. And I'm like, I'm going to go pay and watch it. Yeah. You got me, Tom. Because, <laughs> you know, it's funny. My, uh, you know, um, my girlfriend loves uh, loves the, the Mission Impossible franchise. Loves it. Yeah. To a degree, we, we fight about it because it's, it's not a good franchise. <laughs> See, I, I actually think it's finally hit its stride in the last few movies. Well, I, I love the last two so much. I didn't like the fourth one, but I really got on board with the fifth one. Yeah. I thought the fifth one was actually a really good action film. I really yeah. sincerely enjoyed it. And I saw it in theaters because I was dragged. Yeah. And I was like, they didn't get it right four times. Because like, yeah. it was funny that, slightly off topic, uh, the, the Ghost Protocol, the fourth film, mm. it had an amazing trailer. It was yeah. like it was edited to like an Eminem song, but it was like really potent. It's like really well done. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's a really good trailer. Like I'd love to just check that out. Like, it looks good. Yeah. And I didn't ended up not liking it. But then the fifth one happened and I was like, wow, I really enjoyed it. Like I walked yeah. out of the theater super satisfied and I'm excited for the another for the next one. Uh, because it's in Paris mainly. <laughs> but also because I yeah, because I think it's somehow crawled out of being total shit. Yeah. into being really like good spy action films. I love the fourth one. <clears throat> wow, um, really? Yeah, I, that's actually my favorite one. Um, <laughs> but I, as far as the trailer, you're absolutely, what a great trailer. Wow, the fourth blew one. my mind. And also this new one, what a freaking great trailer. Great I am trailer. super excited for this movie. I, I actually just found out the other day that the music in the trailer was Imagine Dragons, and I was so disappointed in myself that, <laughs> that, I, was, that I was like, "Oh, this song rocks," you know. <laughs> but uh, hey, you, know, you know, sometimes movies transform music. Yes, I'm absolutely. gonna say something very unpopular, which uh, is I hate the Doors. Okay, but it's, they're so perfect in Apocalypse Now that sure. I just can't. Like, it's the it's so brilliant, and the, it makes me like the Doors yeah. because it's so good. So anyway, so it's like that. But uh, yeah, we're still talking about that damn trailer. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was that good. Yeah, it was like this is an amazingly good trailer. Trailers are like a whole thing to themselves. There's so many like trailers where I'm just like, I completely remember the trailer more than the movie. Sure, you know? oh, most movies I enjoy the trailer more. Yeah. than the movie itself. Like I'd say ninety ten. Yeah, because most movies are horrible. Maybe, maybe I should do a quick little mini plug for uh, I'm doing I'm doing a little sideshow now called mini movie review uh, that I've been hired to do actually. Uh, where I review trailers. So, oh, get out uh, of here. Check out Mini Movie Review. Do it. <laughs> Look, that's going to be awesome. Yeah. That sounds really good. Pretty sweet. I'll tell you more about it after. Okay. <laughs> um, so what would your next puzzle piece be? Uh, okay, so we talked about um, Mission Impossible. Because my my uh, my puzzle piece was like the franchise, basically. Because uh, just to touch on it a little bit more. Sure. Um, besides the scaling of the tall building... I really felt there was kind of like a polish about Skyscraper that was reminiscent of the Mission Impossible franchise. Kind of how it's, it's edited, editing pace, it's color, it's general uh, atmosphere, tone. It kind sure. of fit. I felt like it in the ac more action moments of a Mission Impossible, it kind of felt like a long, an elongated version of that. So I felt that like a Mission Impossible 3, for instance, mm -hmm. kind of a J.J. Abrams vibe, I, I sensed there was like a, a little bit of... Um, of a vibe they're going, that they shared, those two films. No, that, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, because it, the the movie has that like um, that real sleekness to it. Exactly. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, these are very competently made films. Oh yeah, absolutely. The, you know, this is the kind of movie that like, you know, movie people like myself can have a field day picking apart. Yeah. Because you know these are this shows you craftsmen like these guys get up and they make action movies and it's like you know yeah. it's really hard work and they're really good at it everything mm -hmm. looks great uh like a, a friend of mine actually did the lighting for the film oh uh, yeah yeah uh, the gaffer on the film as a gentleman that i know 
uh, legend in his field. He's a phenomenal, t- you know, did a million classic American films. He's a great guy. And, uh, you know, and I look at, I'm paying attention to the lighting, of course, and it's flawless. Yeah, I mean, sure. And that's just one example of the, the kind of craftsmanship yeah. that goes into these kind of films. And then at the same time, they're, they're, they're just kind of like idiotic and insane. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, it's amazing that so much money and time and effort and skill and craftsmanship went into the rock like jumping out of a window and dangling and like, like, you know, like the gorilla from King Kong. And you're just like, what the hell is going on in the world? Like, how does this even happen? Your brain just hurts, you know, if you think of it in those terms. Uh, But, you know, but Mission Impossible as, and especially as they've increased and there's been, you know, now four five, six, they, their craftsmanship is unbelievable. I mean, because they are truly trying to compete with the, uh, with the James Bond films. Yeah. I mean, they are the, they are like the American James Bond, essentially. Yeah. Um, and so their craftsmanship is flawless. And so I think when I look at um, skyscraper, I see that kind of quality in its craft. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, I can give you another one. Or do you want to go? Sure. Yeah. Why don't you go ahead next? Okay. So this is actually what I thought of just now. Okay. Um, and it's a little. I don't know. If, I'm just going to name a random movie because it kind of popped into my head. But it's more about the genre. Okay. The the genre of this almost feels like a disaster film. Okay. Uh, and it's because the the tower itself. Like I was thinking like maybe like 2012 or like mm-hmm. day, uh, the day after tomorrow films like that. Uh, not quite so environmentally focused. Yeah. But the building in the in skyscraper is so humongous there's like a there's like a park in the center of it yeah and there's a lot of like foliage and things like that and so you get as the fire ascends uh you get these amazing like destructive sequences where like things yes. are just exploding and falling and breaking and and it almost felt like a disaster film contained into a building. Yeah. And it really, and I, I felt like I was watching a disaster movie. They the do call part. it the uh, eighth or ninth or whatever wonder of the world. So, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, so that, those wonders things are always are. getting blown up in <laughs> right. disaster movies. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, yeah. it really felt like a disaster film yeah. as I was watching it. Yeah. And that kind of, as we were talking about, uh, you know, the, the kind of the vibe and the tone of it. Um, yeah, so I'd say like, like, not quite like a 2012, and that's kind of a random disaster film, but, yeah. but more the genre. Well, another another thing that I think is uh, another reason that's a good one is um, a lot of times those movies tend to just shove in this extra plot of of you know villains and stuff when really we really only need the disaster. You right, know what yeah. I mean? And so there's so many like double crossings and extra villains and stuff like that just thrown <laughs> yes. in here. It's like the planet's cracking. Can yeah. we get on the same side? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and we get a little bit of that with Skyscraper. It's like, um, you know, do we really need, I think there's like three bad guys and then mm-hmm. there's, you know, the family getting missing and then there's just all these little extra bits and pieces where, it could have just been good as just a simple rescuing his family, and that was the only thing. Yeah, you know? no, yeah, it's true. There's a lot of unnecessary plot. Yeah. We had to somehow justify why these villains set the building on fire to begin with. Yeah. Um, you know, but it could have been, like I said, I mean, you know, you should always accept the movie for what it is, and you know, you, there could have been a million different versions of this movie if there was one more person working on it or something. So yeah. it's hard to say, like, oh, it should have been this or it should have been that. Yeah. But, like, I think I would have probably enjoyed the movie more if there was some kind of comment on the idea, like the building was almost irrelevant to the movie. It was just like, right. it was a big, cool building. Right, right. But there was no real like comment on, you know, what a building, like a, a structure like this would mean, or if there was some kind of futurism vibe or undertone that it could comment on about the, this kind of building. It didn't really have any of those 
Like the building was suspiciously not a part of the story. It, it was just like a good playground. Yeah. And that's the and that was the end of it. And then we kind of pumped in this plot with like bad guys with accents that wanted a flash drive or you know. And, right. and I was and I was like not into it. I was like <laughs> rock climbing. Thank you. Thank that's you. It. Shirtless. Got, you got that though. Yeah, I got, I got a lot of that. <laughs> I did get a lot of that though. So I shouldn't complain too much. So my next puzzle piece um this is a very simple one. It's just a scene, basically. But <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a very. It, this is one of those cases where um, I don't think the director was really influenced by this, but it just kind of reminded me of it. Is do you remember Sherlock Holmes two? I remember it well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the whole ending scene Game on, of on Shadows. The, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that, it, as soon as it started, I was like, yeah, this totally reminds me of that movie. Like, yeah, I totally. See you know that. the whole the whole fight on the roof. The the I don't know. You, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> you know? yeah, I mean, it's pretty damn close, actually. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it. Yeah. There's yeah, fire I... everywhere. They're falling off. They're... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. I actually have a really random one that I was going to save for the end because it's uh-huh. so random. Yeah. But it seems like a good segue. Sure. So I'll, I'll jump in on it with it. You're going to laugh at me. Okay. Okay. The Shining. Okay. <laughs> Here we now go. Now hear me out on this. Okay. Hear me out on this. I won't go into a long just rant about it, don't worry. Uh-huh. Or will I? I no. <laughs> no, um So first of all, there's a part where the rock is wielding an axe. Okay, first thing. That's first oh, first breadcrumb. <laughs> Second breadcrumb is the bad guy's following the little girl, his daughter, mm. and she he's using her water footprints, like from wet feet on the ground, and then they stop all of a sudden, mm-hmm. like they vanish in the snow with Danny. Yeah. And then he, he looks up and boom, there there he is, there she is. And then the rock comes with an axe. And then the end of the movie ends with like that kind of put that kind of maze with all the different Things, the, all the different uh, panels that have reflective, uh-huh. which I don't get what the fuck that shit is. Like, why is that a thing? And what is the, why do people want to go there and visit it to see <laughs> themselves from a different angle? I don't know. But then it's like a maze. Welcome to heaven. Yeah, welcome <laughs> to heaven. You can see yourself from all angles and confuse with a person standing next to you. Are they next to you or are they not? That is heaven. Being confused about your depth, depth perception. Anyway, so I, I don't understand the appeal of that. I, at all, by the uh, way, BTW. Yeah, but it does end in a maze. Mm-hmm. So I think axe, water footprints, reminiscent of snow footprints, and ending in a maze, uh, I think makes it at least semi cogent. Why I would say it's The Shining is it somewhat of an influence. I'd say this movie basically is The Shining, <laughs> <laughs> except for The Rock's trying to save his kid, not murder him. But everything else is the same. Man. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna, every time I'm on this show, I'm going to mention I, The Shining. I, I think that's probably going to happen, yep. and that's that's perfectly okay with me. You don't think I have any credibility to that at all? <laughs> no, no, absolutely. <laughs> okay, I was there, say, there's, 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 there's some little the, little the thing is the the axe is totally was kind of silly, yeah. and even the maze is kind of silly. But the footprint thing yeah, is a sure. direct reference. It's a direct reference. Yeah. You know, I'm always talking about how Stanley Kubrick basically, you know, embedded himself in our brains forever. And yeah. that we, we reference him in ways sometimes we don't even consciously understand. Yeah. This was, I think, a deliberate moment to use that great iconic you know, part when Danny learns to cover his tracks and all of a sudden his little foot, footprints just vanish in the snow. Yeah. Uh, this happened with, with water, so it was kind of different, but same concept. Yeah. So that's the strongest connection, I think. I think that's interesting, and I, I don't 
think it's totally. Don't begrudge un- me. I don't, yeah, I don't think it's totally unfounded. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's all right. Okay. Um, that is a good uh, transition to my next one because okay. you were just talking about the the weird visual panels and all mm-hmm. that stuff, mm-hmm. which is Enter the Dragon. Oh um, yes. Yeah. So just a, a like a 21st century update on the whole mirror, uh, you know, reflective room thingy. Yeah. You know? Um, which is kind of hilarious when you think about the idea that they did that. Yeah, I was like, uh, what is this? <laughs> like, is that like, okay, all right. And, and I actually, I loved it, you know. In, well, in, visually, yes. Yeah, well, no, not just visually. I loved it in the, because at that point when they first, now it didn't really pay off too well, but in, when they first revealed it, I was still on board with the movie. I was like, okay, this is going to be ridiculous, you know? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, okay, so just being in a giant burning tower isn't enough we also need the rockets bruce lee yeah you know and so i loved it in that moment i was like oh this is gonna be fucking great once this comes back yeah welcome to heaven mr rock (laughs) i was like oh boy yeah so i i did love it at that point it didn't quite pay off although it was kind of ridiculous and a little bit of fun um but behind you yeah it's, it's what I want The Rock to say to me all the time, so I really, I, I really, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Living vicariously through Hans Gruber V2. Oh my God, yeah. So, totally ridiculous. Yeah, but. really, I, I just don't, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not to sound repetitive, but I'm still hung up on, why is that the ninth wonder of the world? I don't... <laughs> What is this? Why would I travel I to Hong Kong to stand in that room? Ghost bars kind of had it for <laughs> yeah, a long time. It's like the oldest trick in the book. <laughs> Set a couple mirrors up. Do you need 8K panels? Yeah. I don't think so. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I think it was pretty cool to see. I mean, I'd go, you know, if it was a real thing. I suppose. I'd check it out. Yeah, if I happened to be in Hong Kong. Yeah, if I was in Hong Kong and... I had a million dollars. I'd go up to heaven. It's for like a Disney Paris. Yeah. It's like, you know, Disneyland <laughs> Paris. It's like, if I'm there, I'll go check it out. But now imagine a world in which this was like an avatar size hit mm. and they recreate that for mm-hmm. real at like Disney or wherever. I don't know uh, who owns See, that'd the be cool. this. Yeah. That'd, that'd be, I'd, I'd be there. I'd go, I guess I'd check it out. <laughs> I just don't understand how it's like the next thing. I don't yeah. know what it, what service it provides. <laughs> Can you it just provides like... standing in air, I guess. Oh, okay, right. All right. All right. I, I mean, I don't Stand, know. apparently, like a thousand feet above Hong Kong is heaven. Yeah. So, all right, noted. Yeah. I'll got accept it. it. I'm, I'll it. let it go. I'll let it go. <laughs> I don't get it, but I'm gonna let it go. Uh, what is your next puzzle piece? <laughs> uh, my next puzzle piece is Taken. Okay. Uh, because for a couple reasons. So there is a literal connection, I think, where they take his daughter, and he's like, "I'm gonna get. I'm gonna use my skills." As yeah. this firefighter, not firefighter, FBI slash legless contractor, <laughs> right? To uh, get my daughter back. Yeah. So that's that. There is like it's basically like the second half of the film. I think is like a like an abridged version of Taken inside the tower. Yeah. Uh, that's just like the most obvious connection. But also too, Taken, I think, along with The Dark Knight, is one of the most influential action films of the past decade. I think that's fair. Yeah, they're all kind. Yeah. Every new movie is kind of like The Dark Knight or Taken. Yeah. No, that's that's absolutely fair. Yeah, and every actor has to have their taken. Yeah, that, exactly. That, Denzel Washington's the Equalizer. Yeah. Now he's that's just taken. Yeah, there's like a just a billion. There's Nicholas Cage had stolen. Yeah, which is fucking taken. <laughs> um, and yeah. so there's all kinds of different takens out there now. There was like three taken films. Yeah, 
which is hilarious to poor Brian Mills. Like, can't catch a break. He's like the adult Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. It's like, can we stop stealing this person's family and or leaving this child at home? Good, my goodness. Anyway, so it's amazing to me that there's like the same movie with the same plot over and over again. That sure. always blows my mind. But yeah. anyway, so yeah, Taken, man. It's, no. it's, it is very influential though. Like yeah. when we saw Liam Neeson give that speech, yeah. we were like, Holy shit. Yeah. Oscar Schindler is now an action hero. <laughs> and it blew our minds. Oh, like, yeah. It really did. It was like, it's not a particularly good film. You know, it was just kind yeah. of a whatever movie. Uh, but really satisfying to see a serious actor go ape shit. Yeah. Like, we something tapped into something in us that we really liked. Uh, and then he went on to, of course, be an action star for like the next six years or something. And yeah. he walked away finally because he's like, I'm a serious actor. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so now a lot of movies I see taken in it. Um, and this one is no different, I think. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a really good one. Um, and The Rock doesn't really have a specific taken yet, does he? Um, mm. Skyscraper. Yeah, I guess Skyscraper <laughs> kind of is his taken in quite a lot of ways. Like you just yeah. mentioned, the daughter thing and all that. And like yeah. the whole last uh, portion of the movie. Yeah. It's I'm all about to get you the daughter. and I'm going to kill you and right. all that. Yeah, some a, a European man has his yeah. daughter. <laughs> yeah. He goes and tries to take her back. Yeah. It's taken. I think it's taken. It's taken in the same way that Noah's shining in a boat. <laughs> I think that this is taken in a, in a skyscraper. Right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's good. I like it. Yeah. Um, what else you got? So I have one last puzzle piece here, and it is, it's basically a genre of movie. Really, it's just like a country of movie. It's Japanese action movies mm -hmm. uh, in general. Um, you know, I thought specifically about Jackie, Jackie Chan, Jet Li movies, you know, with all the, uh, the acrobatics and the, the flipping around and flipping in and out of buildings and, mm -hmm. you know, and then, of course, with, uh, with the whole... Uh, you know, the setting and everything like that as well. Sure. Um, and also the appeal for multiple markets and all that, <laughs> yeah. which is a little... Uh, merchandising. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> merchandising. Yeah, a little, Spaceballs uh, the lunchbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, no, no. The, and it, it just kind of had a bit of a, that kind of a feel to it, you know, the, mm -hmm. those kind of movies, especially all the scenes outside of the building, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was kind of... Um, I can definitely see that uh, this is somehow kind of connects. I didn't want to mention this because I didn't know how it really connected, but mm. let's just go crazy and say it. Sure. I felt a little bit of like a rush hour vibe. Okay. I don't know why, though. That's why I wasn't going to say anything because I have no reason to back that up. I'm putting it down. There's something about it, though, that just <laughs> felt like I think it was the outside scenes of like the Hong Kong police yeah. working with Nev Campbell and stuff because I kind of feel like uh, some of the rush hour films kind of drew from some old Hong Kong films like that's a but more fun in a more fun way. Sure. It took yeah. the American buddy action film and it mixed it with those more action based films. Yeah. And so it kind of gave me so maybe it was subliminal and then when you brought it up, um maybe that there's something tapping in into like that West meets yeah. meets East idea. This is interesting. I don't and maybe I'm forgetting about a major movie here, but uh, are there any Japanese disaster movies other than, you know, Godzilla? Godzilla. But I mean, yeah, yeah, are there any, like, just general natural disaster movies, you know? Because I... Probably. I, yeah, there's probably, but I can't think of any. But, I mean, in a lot of ways, I feel like your disaster movie, Puzzle Piece, and... Uh, and um, yeah, kind of the... Japanese movies. Japanese films, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're all kind of merges. Yeah. And that's kind of really where, I mean... 
you know, the rush hours were funny. Yeah. Really, really well. So if this was a little bit funnier, I think there'd be a stronger connection. Yeah. But there's something about, I think, like the, the East meets West uh, fighting style, kind of silly, over the top. There's just something that was reminiscent to me about the Rush Hour movies. Yeah. I don't know why that is. I, you know, I totally see. I, I Do you see, see it a little there? Yeah, I definitely see where you're going with that. Yeah. I can't yeah. really articulate it, but there's just this vibe. I don't know what it is. Yeah. That's interesting. I actually like, I hate Brett Ratner or The Passion. But yeah, I really sure. Like, yeah, he's horrible. Yeah. Not even for like all, I mean, I hate him for all his. Nor, right. You hated his, him for the movies before he was right. an awful person. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah he's always been awful. Yeah. But then he did Sam. And I was just like, I knew it. It's like yeah. Brian Singer. I'm waiting for your fucking day, buddy. <laughs> you are a horrible human being. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, I never liked. Uh, I never liked him, but the, for some reason, love Rush Hour one and two. I'll just I'll just, hey, they're they're great. They're great movies. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I'll take it, Brett. Whatever. Oh yeah. Um, well, I have one last one. Okay, go for it. I, I kind of wedged another one in. I'm wedging all kinds in there. Do I'm sorry. it. I'm do it. Do of, it. But ready? Yes. Dark Knight. No. Oh. I just okay. said I said I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, that. that's right. You 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 tricked me. You 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 kind of threw me, and now now we're back to it. I didn't yeah. even talk about it. I just yeah. mentioned it. Okay. Yeah, and let's well, get into it. So, no, here's why though. Um, because ever since Dark Knight, I think it's become a trend of like those high helicopter shots of Hong Kong and large buildings and you know metropolis type areas, metropolitan areas. Um, and I think that there's been like a a connection to travel and a variety of locations that gives a sense of grandeur. And in this film, we don't really travel. We stay in one spot, but we use Hong Kong, which has become a, such a hub. And even sure. the character, the main character, the main tech guy, the the the, the guy who invented the building, yeah. um, is the same guy from The Dark Knight. Oh yeah, He's like uh, Chow or Chang or whatever. Yeah. that sounds very un uneducated, <laughs> just spewing some kind of Chinese name. But but it's it is one of those names, Hong. I think Hong. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, uh, but yeah, so he played that, he's in that film. And so I think there's, I think, a connection from that standpoint, which is arbitrary. But there's just a feeling now. I mean, like I said, it kind of like with Taken, um, action films, I think, are the Dark Knight now in terms of their approach, their style, their sense. They want to be painting on a huge canvas. Mm -hmm. You know, the Dark Knight, I think what set it apart and made it so successful is that it painted on such a huge canvas. Yeah. Uh, it took this Batman legend that has, you know, it's been sprawling and humongous in the comics and for a lot of fans, but for a lot of the movie people, it's been like Gotham city. And then it became like a clown house with the Joel Schumacher films. So to see it on this huge scale and then yeah. to also give it a sense of reality by going to places that we acknowledge and we know, I think it, gave it a different kind of um, grandeur and panache. And I think that this film kind of wanted to make you feel that way with its epic shots of Hong Kong and, and the landscape and the architecture. And it just kind of had a Dark Knight type you know, feel in a, in, a, in a smaller way. But sure. But that, it's become, I think that's without a doubt, the most influential action film of the decade. So yeah. I think this, it just bleeds into everything, including Skyscraper. Well, I think also, I mean, to add to that and, Again, we're going back to problems we had with the movie, um, but I, I think the Dark Knight influence is part of the reason why it's so not particularly funny or yeah. fun. It's more dark and serious, whereas yeah. this movie needed more comedy. It you know? did, yeah, yeah. I, I think, but I also do stand by the comment that like this was, I think, an honest try to give us a '90s film. Too. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But I just don't think it's what. 
it needed. Yeah. You know, it was kind of too funny. And it, it, the premise is too absurd to play it as serious as they did. Yes, exactly. And that's just, a, you got to know. And, your... and The Rock is too charismatic an actor to use him in something that's so serious. Right. Yeah, that's a, exactly. The, you know, I think they, they really misused The Rock because yeah. he is really a talented guy. I mean, you can hardly take your eyes off him. That's not some kind of sexual joke. Yeah. I mean, he really, he's a, he's a really fascinating, good actor. He's uh and he's complex in his way, but you just have to let him be in the kind of atmosphere he needs to be in. Yeah. I mean, he's, his, he's his a scorpion few, king. His few light moments do land. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the audience laughed and everything. I laughed. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're probably you could fit them on one hand. There's how, right. how a few times he got a chance to make a joke. Yeah, and it's all kind of based like his leg was a big. There's a big joke in that, which yeah. is kind of like man, yeah, it's not yeah. very particularly good humor. Yeah, the worst joke is of course turning the building off and turning it back on. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, it's like, and that's the thing is like, it's one of those things where yeah, as a, maybe maybe because I'm maybe I'm hypersensitive to this, but like, um, it's like screenwriting you know, paint by numbers, you know, it's like screenwriting by numbers. Sure. But it's like, hey, honey, fix my phone. Yeah. And then there's like a five minute thing about fixing phones. He's like, turn it back on, turn yeah. it off. And usually 95% of the time you can turn it off and turn it back on and it fixes it. So and at that moment, I was like, they're going to fucking turn this building off. Yeah. I was like, they're going <laughs> to turn this building off and turn it the fuck back on. <laughs> I know that's going to happen. And guess what? It did. It fucking happened. And then the guy was like, you have a great family. It's a great family you got there. <laughs> he was like, I'm a lucky man. Do you do you think uh what's his name? Uh Inspector Wu, I think it was. Is that character? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you think him and The Rock and Nev Campbell, um, their characters in the world of the movie ever talked again after no. that moment? No. Hey, great family. Hey, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah. Just never see Thank again. you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. That kind of reminds me of a joke that I always make about the Dark Knight, actually, how it's semi-connected. Is uh when I think about how uh, like Gordon faked his death mm. and like told nobody, including his family. Yeah. Like I always think about like, imagine like 20 years later and they're having a family barbecue and the son's like, Hey dad, remember when there was like this murderous clown and you, and you faked your own death? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, it's pretty weird. Pretty weird that you did that. You know, like, how, how odd. You're a weird. I dude. thought you were dead for like, uh, like a long weekend. Pretty sure you were dead. So I, I always think about stuff like that when like things happen in movies and we only have two hours and so like things ridiculous things happen. But I'd love to see like just a flash forward of like them reminiscing on those moments. Yeah. Remember Inspector Wu? <laughs> he was a good guy. I like that guy. <laughs> where, what happened to Wu? <laughs> where did Wu go? Oh, he died five years oh, ago. Oh yeah. As soon <laughs> as he walked in a tower. Yeah. As soon as he walked away from you, a piece of debris took him out. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, so that that was like the end. I was like, oh man, because like it was the opening of the film was really heavy on cliches, and then the end of the film was also really heavy on cliches. Yeah, and yeah. the middle piece was like one giant cliche, <laughs> so you can kind of let it go and have fun with it. And, you know, he, like he repelled out out of the window with like the drapery. Yeah, you know, and I was like, that's what <laughs> the rock is nine thousand pounds. There's no way. Oh man. So yeah, I mean, a lot of insane stuff. <laughs> Well, I think that brings us to the uh, finished puzzle here. Um, I'm going to read down the list of all the movies we just discussed. Um, so, of course, we start off with Die Hard. Mm -hmm. um, but then we moved on to King Kong, uh, True Lies, The Towering Inferno, The Mission Impossible franchise, especially Ghost Protocol, uh, The Rock, um, Japanese action movies, Sherlock Holmes 2, 
uh, disaster films, The Shining, Taken, Rush Hour. Um, did I forget one here? Uh, no, Dark, the, the Dark, Dark, the Dark Knight, and that's that's the that's, last one. Is there anything else for? I think uh, that's it for me. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, like we said at the beginning, uh, you know, huge, huge, um, you know, a huge list of movies that are just so. Uh, influential to lots of other movies as well. Yeah. Because this is a movie, you know, not, not to steal the joke, but I'll give credit, Collider.com. They, they in their review, their, their, uh, their headline was Action Movie, The Movie, you know? <laughs> and yeah. uh, I think that's so apt, you know? It's very spot on, yeah. But yeah. so you can really say that about almost every new action movie, though. Like, Lately, what action yeah. movie really... Yeah. goes above and beyond like i can you know i'm not i mean i won't it's not a secret that i'm not a big like hollywood blockbuster guy you know mm -hmm. i mean i do like you know films like you know uh first reform that we did last time these are more my kind of speed of movies sure but at the same time you know i like to watch i go to every movie i like to see everything yeah and i can on a on a on a hand i could name the the action movies that have stuck with me and it's like you know terminator 2 mm -hmm. <laughs> dark the knight best. Yeah, Terminator 2 is the best action movie of all time. Absolutely, Hands I down. agree. Hands down. Great film. All right. And I hate James Cameron. Yeah. But that is a great, great movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but yeah, so like, I mean, there's this, there's a handful, and it's because they all kind of tread the same path, and uh, it's not their fault. I mean, people go and see them. And I saw it at 11.30 in the morning on a Wednesday, and I was like, I'm going to be the only one in this movie theater, and it was packed yeah nice so that's the thing is these movies bring in the money and if people enjoy them then that's that's what they're there for that's yeah. okay i of course it's always good to strive for more and try to maybe break the mold a little bit yeah uh but you can't always do it and uh, if you want to come do a throwback and do a towering inferno or a die hard yeah. Yeah, good for you why not well I, I that makes me really happy that the theater was packed at 1130 it, it was, on man. wednesday because all like, old white people but yeah, packed. yeah sure <laughs> but uh you know i i'm in the same boat where i i like you know more heady movies usually and everything mm -hmm. but it's like i you know those aren't the movies that are going to bring people back into the theater and keep the you know right. the movie industry going like movies like skyscraper need to do good and honestly i liked it i i didn't love it i but there was enough about it that i liked that to me it was worthwhile mm -hmm. and um i you know i want it to do better than yeah. it's done so far yeah no i can see that i totally understand i mean i think for the long game of the industry being healthy and the theater business being healthy yeah. i think people should go out and see it and give it a shot for me it wasn't as fun right. as i thought it was going to be right. i thought and rock that, in a exploding skyscraper is going to be a ball that's the number one problem is that it wasn't as fun as it, it needs to been. be. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't. And I kind of, and the thing is when you, know, you have a lot of tropes and cliches, but it's totally silly mm -hmm. to an extent, like you can forgive a lot more. Yeah. But when they're really trying to sell me a family drama yeah. in the center of this movie and they're packing it with cliches, I'm like, yeah. all right, that's, that's, that's where I've had enough. <laughs> so I got to tell you the joke that I, I wrote down that yeah. I was so disappointed they didn't make. Oh, please I, do. I yeah. can't believe they didn't make it. <laughs> uh, as they're walking away from the building after all that had happened, mm -hmm. when he's walking away with the, uh, the, the main guy in charge who, who, who made the building, why didn't The Rock say, so did I get the job? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been perfect. I mean, that would have killed yeah. as an ending. I oh, mean, that would have been great. Instead of just like a slow fade out yeah. of the building burning, that was again too serious. Yeah. 
Did I get the job? That would have been amazing. Would have been perfect. I would have stuck Carl Winslow in it. I would have put a black cop from Chicago in the middle of Hong Kong, just confused and old. And uh, that's how I would have ended it. Oh, wait, so it's it's old uh, Winslow. Yeah, it's just him now. Yeah, and he's still For a cop. Some reason, when you first said it, I was picturing somehow getting '80s Winslow. We could do it. Yeah, the, the technology, technology is there, there, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can't. No actor has to die ever again. He can be on those eight K screens, just all around you. Yeah, <laughs> that should be the end. Is like yeah, seventy five thousand Carl Winslows on all those screens. I mean, that kind of would be the eighth wonder of the world. That would be yeah. I'd be so, I'd, that would be heaven for sure. Then. I'd be so down. That's how, That's what I hope happens when I die. <laughs> so, Chris, uh, you got anything you want to plug? I do, yeah. So uh, usually it's just like a long abstract thing. I'm working on a movie that will one day be made, uh, which is still the case. I'm still working on a film, Absolutely. of course. That's uh, we're raising money, so it's a very long process, but it's a very exciting film, and that's gonna that's in the works. Uh, but the biggest thing that I'm working on uh, that's a little bit more in the, in the immediate is a new uh, web series called "It's All Downhill from Here." And the interesting thing is that it actually stars me. Yes. Which is crazy. I'm not like an actor. I don't usually go in front of the camera. I don't, I don't pull an M. Night Shyamalan where I'm in the background or anything. But I've decided that um, I, there, there needs to be more me in in the world. No, I'm, I'm fine kidding. with no, that. No, no, I'm no, completely I'm, fine with but, that. But uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a comedy web series uh, that we're shooting currently. The premise is that I play myself, kind of like a schlubbier, hopefully schlubbier, stupider <laughs> version of myself. Uh, I like to think so anyway. Depends who you ask. It depends on who you ask, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I'm dying. Uh, and I have a, I have a, non, a uh, non-descriptive or a uh, ambiguous illness that's killing me. And uh, but it's a comedy, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, hopefully I'll die. We'll see what happens. I don't know, <laughs> but in the meantime, while we're shooting it, we're taking the next six months to shoot several episodes, which we'll be releasing uh, one week at a time. Which you'll be able to subscribe and follow the show, uh, just kind of like almost like a streaming service. Uh, we'll be able to release it that way. Uh, but in the meantime, I'm coming out with a weekly comic strip mm-hmm. uh, that features a little Bitmoji version of myself dealing with the show's main antagonist. God, yes. and it's all the pesky business that God gets up to uh, while we are at His mercy. So you can go to uh, it's the biggest thing is on Instagram right now. It's going to be it's all downhill from here. TV. You can get updates uh, on the show, how it's being made, some behind the scenes stuff, merchandise, and then every Sunday the new comic strip is released on Instagram and Facebook. You can also look up uh, it's all downhill from here on Facebook and follow us. And then in about six months, I will be releasing episodes of the show. Beautiful. Yeah, I've been following along to the uh, the comics, and they're great, and I'm looking no. forward to the show. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'm really excited about it. Um, I think that um, it's they're funny. I think they're pretty out there and bizarre. We're, you know, essentially, uh, I'm, you know, it's about the, the frustration and confusion of a liberal guy in America today who feels totally helpless against all the insurmountable problems that we face as a society <laughs> and how a, an idiot this blunders through. Beautiful. And uh, and you know you know is uh, is dying sooner that different than dying later? I, <laughs> yeah. I, I have a, my my clock has wound a little tighter in the show, but is it really that different? Yeah. Didn't didn't I have a terminal illness before I had a terminal illness? So sounds deep and heady, but it's also mainly insane, ridiculous jokes. I like so we'll it. see what happens. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thanks uh, again for being here, and uh, we'll see if we get back to. Uh, you know, a little, a little more uh, 
you know. Yeah, make a movie that I don't have to try so hard to connect The Shining to. That would be that. That'd be excellent. No, thank you very much for having me as always. This is the third episode, so I'm very honored to be back here with you guys. Hope you guys, hope the listeners aren't getting bored of my drivel. No, and no, um, we'll no, be back you're anytime. Be back for sure. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you to Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs>this is wax tracks records here on 2909 south decatur we buy all your old 45s your old albums any type of music memorabilia also we sell music memorabilia albums cds and a lot come on down to wax tracks 2909 south decatur or give me a call at 702-362-4300 thank you very much so normally I do ads for other podcasts in that little slot there, but I figured why not an ad for Wax Tracks Records since my dad loved Skyscraper so much. He's like The Rock's biggest fan. Um, so yeah, that's my dad's shop. That's where I am during the day. So check out Wax Tracks Records. And also I hope you checked out Skyscraper and I hope you enjoyed this episode and our conversation about it. It was a really fun one to do, as you could hear. Um, it's a... I, I like the movie, you know, it's definitely has its flaws, but, uh, overalls, you know, it's a fun time you know, without nitpicking it too much, uh, about what it could have been, uh, what it is, is actually a pretty fun movie. Um, pretty ridiculous fun, movie, but you know, it's still pretty fun. So anyway, that's that for skyscraper. Um, I hope you're enjoying piecing it together. We will be back again next week with another episode, as long as I can fit one in during this whole podcast movement trip. If not, I'll throw up some kind of mini thing to hold us over, and then we'll definitely be back with another one soon after. Um, but as always, please subscribe. You can subscribe on any major podcast app. And if your podcast app of choice does not have Piecing It Together, please tweet at me or email me by davidrosen at gmail.com or just contact me one way or another and let me know so I can make sure we get it on there. Um, but thank you to everyone who has subscribed already. Thank you to everyone who has been checking out the show. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who sends us feedback. Um, we really would love your feedback. If you haven't yet, we want to know what you're liking about the show, what you don't like about the show. Please get in touch. You could either review us on iTunes, which would be awesome if you did that, or you could just tweet at us or uh, post something on our Facebook or something like that. And speaking of Facebook, I don't think I remembered to mention this in the beginning of the show. Uh, make sure you join our group on Facebook, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. In there we are uh, we are talking about all kinds of movies. We talk about new movie trailers. We talk about... Uh, just anything movies and we've been having a lot of fun in there we want to get you involved in it so definitely join piecing it together a movie discussion group on Facebook so with that I just want to give a quick little plug for the fact that I have a new virtual reality music video called palindrone coming out um, if it's not up today when this show goes up it will be up next Friday it'll be available on YouTube it'll be available on Samsung VR and pretty much anywhere you can watch virtual reality 360 degree videos uh, we're going to be putting it up and it's a crazy cool video for the track palindrome from my new album a different kind of dream um, in it you're uh, in this room where you start to float 
and everything around you starts to float up with you. And then as you're moving towards the ceiling, you start to realize that like a palindrome, um, everything is moving in a mirror image direction. It's trippy as hell and it's really cool and it was made by this company new line videography who also made my last virtual reality music video constellations 360 um, which was like a huge hit so i'm really excited to be following it up with them again and uh, i'm just really excited for this thing to get out there and i think people are gonna really dig it um so yeah that's that and i'm gonna leave you with a song uh I should do one that fits with the whole skyscraper theme. I think we'll leave you with burnout. And all points west. 